I'm unapologetically fly. I don't wonder why, that's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com. I'm here again with um, Dr. Joy and her. And we were, I think we did about one about three months ago where we started talking about the bloodlines of um, Cain and Abel, which was really, really popular. People are fascinated by this stuff. So Dr. Joy, she's the, the um, author of Eden, The Knowledge of Good and Evil, 666, and The Antichrist, The Clone Image of Jesus Christ. And we talked about a lot of that stuff. There's Shrouded Turin in the last podcast. So I'll put the links below to go check that out. But um People are fascinated by this stuff, um, Dr. Joy. Uh, just the bloodline stuff, they don't, can't get their head around why people will be doing this. Like, a, They don't even know that Dr. Fauci is a Jesuit. They don't understand the connection about the Jesuits and where it goes into the bloodlines and why they're so obsessed with eugenics and why they're so obsessed with um, lowering the population and things like immortality. So I wanted to talk about on a deeper level about these, these things. So Let's go into you've been looking into this stuff, our current situation since 1999 yes. with these bioweapons, these vaccines. And it's a good chance we've got two things going on here. Both of may be the same. The COVID itself could be a bioweapon and also the experimental gene therapies could also be a bioweapon. We know that they both produce the same spike protein. So what is your understanding of what both of these could be? Are we looking at the same thing here just in different ways of giving them to people? Well, the thing about it is, just like you mentioned, Richard, with this group of people who have been with us since the very beginning, uh, and, you know, my work starts in the Garden of Eden and explains why those bloodlines came out of Eden and why there is a serpent bloodline and why it's come through history and that they have their group of people who have been their kind of uh, so-called people to lead them into the days that we are now living in. So looking at that and seeing how it's kind of come across history to get us to the point in time that we are, like you mentioned, when I first started doing research on all of this, it was a long time ago. And the first thing that I noted was that the people who were part of that so-called serpent bloodline that they typically had this great concept about how to make earth into paradise. In other words, to get away from having to worship the creator and worship the created. And their intent was that they knew at one point in time that there would come uh, a situation where earth could, cannot sustain the numbers of humans or the numbers of animals and those that need to feed, you know, and, and, and be able to live with the amount of oxygen that we have, the amount of water that we have, and the amount of food that we have. So I noted a long time ago that those people who we see in the, in the you know, the forefront in, in the spotlight, like the Fauci's and the people of that caliber, and then the people who are typically the, the, the royal families and those people that work for those royal families to make things happen, that they were already establishing a long, long time ago in the secret societies that I had traced all the way really from the time that Noah's flood uh, into the Egyptians and to the fact that those secret societies had started and their intent again was to make earth into paradise and whatever it was going to take to get their serpent lineage 
full force over everything, controlling everything, and getting more rid of the common people was their controlling aspect in their minds. So their secret societies would utilize people who were at the low levels to try to make them be their worker bees, much like you know the, the Tower of Babel where everybody was connected together, one mind, one accord. And so they oversaw making that where people did exactly what they said. And we know that, that God destroyed that. He did not want that. So when we think about it, they have brought their stuff through history with the secret societies at the top of the pyramid. They've been the ones that's been the controlling factors. You, you know, you've got the people like the Committee of 300. You've got the Order of the Garter. You've got people that we call Illuminati, the Bilderberg Group, you know, uh, the World uh, Economic Forum. All these people who typically are the, the, the movers and the shakers and all of that are internationalists and they're all connected to each other. And because they're connected to each other, they again have one thing that they want to make sure happens. And that is that earth is never destroyed and they can make it into what they think is a paradise that will allow them to sustain life for their group forever. And at the same time, because we as the common people who are getting more and more and more, there has to be a way to reduce our population. And so, like you said, with these particular people, the ones that are over everything and are in that spotlight do have a common bond. And secret societies have been that common bond. Like I say, I've traced it back in my books, even the Knowledge of Good and Evil 666, Volumes 1 and 2, and even the Beguile series, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, to show people that this is not something that just started today. This has been a long process coming that, you know, these people have had a plan no different than God has a plan. You know, he has a, he has a, uh, has his word in scripture that says, this is what's going to happen. This is what did happen. This is where we're headed. And this is what's going to happen in the end. The same thing is true for the secret society group. They also have their apocalyptic days and the things that they wanted to have happen to bring about their so-called apocalypse to really take over and make it into what they wanted their world to be and that is back like the tower of babel where the people that would be left here after they kind of depopulate the world and be able to use them for their advantage to keep their societies continuing to run i mean that's what their whole intent was and so like you mentioned the jesuits are some people that um you know it's kind of been played down and people would say oh that's conspiracy theory and what i learned a long time ago by doing the research that I do is that most of the time conspiracy theory is really real. And the more that you do the science and find the science behind it in the real agenda and look at the histories and be able to plot it all together, what happens is there's not really a conspiracy theory. So behind any conspiracy theory, there's always some smoke or fire that really is going on that makes people say, hey, better be paying attention to this. And I think that one of the things that I found when I was doing my research about the Jesuits was that I knew that there would come a day when we would get to the last pope, according to the, the prophecies of St. Malachi, that there would be only so many popes that would be allowed. And I found it very interesting that there came this time that we had Pope Benedict was in place. He was identical to what everything, every pope that's come along based on that prophecy has been spot on. And I'm like, okay, why is it that we've ever had a pope who was in a position, who was not sick, who seemed to be doing quite well, moved out of the way. 
to allow another pope to come in and continue a process of trying to bring about a new world religion. Because we look back at John Paul II and we can see that his whole intent was to bring about a new world order as far as religion was concerned. And he was already uniting the Chrislam, the Islam, uh, Christianity, the, um, the other religions, even whether they were some people who were either like atheists, he would bring into the Vatican and they would do these pilgrimages and they would all pray to their own gods within that facility. So John Paul II was already on that pilgrimage to make that happen. We saw that Pope Benedict did the same thing. He followed suit into exactly what had been established. But interesting enough, in the middle of what seemed to be an okay uh, Pope running everything, he backs off and all of a sudden we have Pope Francis step forward. And when you study Pope Francis and the fact that he took the name uh, of uh, St. Francis of Assisi, then you go back and he was considered the, um, the saint of the ecosystems. Well, isn't that interesting that now he is also promoting the Chrislam, Islam situation with Christianity and promoting for that to kind of come together under the, the, the whole concept of ecological advancement and, you know, sustain earth and green peace and all these kinds of things that we've been hearing about. But he had to be the Pope put in the place. And of course, a lot of people may not know he was a Jesuit. And so that connection, when you start talking about Fauci and people of this level, you see the commonality of them putting people in certain places that when they get to a certain time frame, they've got to make their plan come to fruition. And so that's what we're seeing is that when Pope Francis took over, then his intent has been the entire time, many times has been uh, on TV and made comments that you do not have to be saved you know, that every good person, their good works are fine, that they don't have to be Christians, that everybody is worshiping the same God by a different name. And then, you know, his push recently was to try to get people, especially Christianity, to go along with signing all these things to go into this thing that was the, um, the, the World National Climate Change Conference that everybody went to in yep. Glasgow, Scotland. And, and so what he was trying to do was to get Christians to write their names on these papers saying that we believe as Christians that we should be looking about, you know, what is best for our planet Earth. And if you, if you don't get the concept of what they're promoting, it is actually theosophy. And th theosophy is actually the study and the love of nature. In other words, Mother Earth becomes more important than you and I. Whatever it takes to make Mother Earth back in harmony and back in the way it should be as far as everything uh, being in a, a homostatic environment, then that's what they are after. So when you look at you've got a Jesuit pope who's promoting that agenda. You have people like John Kerry, who works for our government here in the United States, who went to Pope Francis and asked him to be a part of this thing in Gasglow, Scotland, for the purpose of trying to get Christians to go along with the fact and sign their names to these, these forms and things, saying you all promote this, this agenda because this is what the world wants. And what people like 
the common people, I talk about like you and I, common people, what they don't realize is that they are signing their lives away because what they're saying is it's okay to kill you and I, because we are the problem. We're, we're the ones that's causing the uh, uh, carbon emissions and, and we're the ones that's causing the waste problems and we're the ones that dumping trash in the oceans and and we don't have enough room for us to all grow and have children and and sustain life and human life upon this planet because we're multiplying too fast so when the pope is actually he's being deceptive by making people think that they're signing something oh yes we want to save planet earth well how do you save planet earth when you start talking to people who were at that world health I mean, World uh, Economic Forum, and therefore the purpose of nothing but uh, climate change conference, then you've got to stop and say, what were those men there for? You know, all these uh, hundreds of people representing these countries who were there, what was their whole agenda? And when you go back and you study secret societies and you realize the agenda is depopulation, then all of a sudden, if you don't get that in your brain, you have signed something that says it's okay to kill humans any way that you have to. You just get them out of the way. Whether, you know, a long time ago, I used to talk about euthanasia because you were seeing that happening, especially over in, uh, in China, where they just didn't have enough room for everybody. So, you know, the elderly were like, you know, get rid of them. We've seen case after case after case of elderly people just dying for no reason in those countries like that because they didn't, they couldn't sustain them. There was not enough room for them. They were no longer uh, uh, contributing to society. So your have-nots get rid of them. And, and of course, over the course of, like I was talking about with the vaccines and the things that I had been studying, what I saw that, you know, they would use like handicapped people to try the stuff out on because they were expendable. You know, and then they started using vaccinations on young people and in places like Africa and things like that. And what did you find out they were doing really to them? Sterilizing them, meaning stopping their ability from having children. Again, depopulation, depopulation. But nobody was throwing up red flags and say, pay attention. So now with the viruses that we have, we have got people who went out into the wild and they took a novel virus, meaning something in nature. When it's like that, it cannot be patented. Only when you take it out of the natural environment and you do something to it to make it gain a function. And the only reason that they were taking those viruses out of nature and putting them in laboratories to make them gain a function was to kill people. It was not to save anybody's life at all. Because it would have been better to have left them out there. I mean, the normal virus in itself would have either played out, like we see Ebola and Marburg, you know, where an area maybe dies off and then it's gone. It doesn't continue to manifest itself. But because we have gotten to the point now where we have international travel and, and whatever, people have gotten more afraid that viruses can move from place to place to place to place. But in a, in a, in a world which God made that those things would have balanced themselves out only when you take humanity and take those natural viruses and take them into a laboratory and you start messing with them in the in the biogenetics of it do you start changing it to do something a dastardly deed is what it amounts to and so when we talk about gain of function we're talking about 
something that's going to be a chimerically set up virus that's not going to only go after the human population. They've got to get rid of the animals, too. We've got too many animals. And so now you see, especially with COVID, uh, with uh, uh, squine population problems that we've had with like West Nile virus, you see that, you know, the horses have been affected. There's been things that have been affecting as far as, as pigs and cattle and chickens and things of this na nature. And what happens is when you make a chimeric virus, one that can move from, let's say, pigs and horses and deer and whatever into the human population and the human population has something to move back and forth, you start having depopulation of the of the issues that they have been saying. And in my work, I prove it because these books were written a long time ago, uh, that, that that was their intent was to depopulate. And so now when you look at who's involved in it and you see again, that they're the Jesuits and people who are involved in the highest levels of Illuminati. And when we talk about Illuminati, we're talking about some of the major, major like Order of the Garter, Council of 300, Council of Foreign Affairs. I mean, there's all these groups of people that you and I just can't go, hey, you know, guys, I'd like to be a member of this. It's like much like if I want to go into the Vatican Library where below the normal library or go into the British Museum and go into the main archives or even go into the Smithsonian, can I get approval to go do that? More than likely not. If you don't meet certain qualifications in your bloodlines, it's like moving up the ladder in secret societies. Most people can start at a certain level, let's say in Freemasonry, and they can go up to a 32nd, 33rd degree, depending on which, you know, the Scottish Rite or the York Rite, whatever the one they're, they're in. But at that point in time, if you want to go up into the higher levels, which nobody ever advertises, you have to have blue blood status. And if you look at the Skull and Bone Society that's at Yale University, you find out really quickly that to be a member of that, you have to have a thoroughbred background. In other words, you just can't go up there and say, hey, guys, I'd like to, you know, get into this, you know, society or whatever, and, and be a part of that, you will never be able to do that because it's based on that. So the same way with the secret societies, as you go up, it costs you more money out of your pocket, but you also have to have those bloodlines to connect to. So that's why when you see, for example, the skull and bone society, that those people who go through that end up being in very key positions. They either become, you know, diplomats, they become foreign ministers, they become people who are presidents, uh, chancellors. I mean, they get into those particular jobs for the rest of their life and they're maintained that way. And they don't have to worry about their livelihoods whatsoever. They, they are fully, fully uh, given everything they would ever want, money, everything. The, everything is taken care of because they become the pawns of the serpents who really run the show at the very top of the, of the level. So, you know, we're dealing with this, Richard, on a, on a daily basis now where at first, when I first started, you know, researching this almost 50 years ago, it became so evident as I, you know, came through history looking at this, that the, the more the viruses were, the more the, uh, the vaccines were being produced, but then we began getting more viruses. And you would think that as smart as we are, that we would have been able to have stopped the process of getting sicker. But what you really see is the more advanced civilizations have the sickest people and the people who don't have advanced 
uh, medicine typically have been out in, in the conditions of the world and they survive quite well. I saw this when I worked uh, with handicap. It seemed to me that the, the kids that didn't have any hardly any running water in their homes, uh, really not a lot of um, sanitation maybe in their homes. A lot of times they spent most of the day outside playing in the yards. They typically did not have the allergies and all the colds and all the things that the kids who were very wealthy, you know, who had the best of the best were at the doctor's office all the time. It seemed like the other kids that were in the environment and dealing with the environment and handling the environment and, and playing in the dirt and doing that kind of thing actually did better than the people's children who did not allow that or did not focus on that kind of thing. So I think what we're seeing is that over time, instead of getting better, we typically have gotten worse. And it's no different with our technology. I can remember my grandmother when she could you know she could add subtract divide do percentages whatever in her head we'd be standing in a in a clothes shop and they'd say half price you get additional third when you go up to the counter and 20 percent off of that she would have it figured up along with what the interest was for the taxation on that when she got up to pay her bill she would already have that in her head boom and i'm still getting there going like because we grew up using a calculator and i'm like okay well that would be so and so and so and I'm trying to figure and she already had it in her head. It's because we never learned the process to do it internally. We allowed something externally to do it for us. And so technology, instead of it really sometimes making us more intelligent, it has actually taken the intelligence away from us. And you can see that even in our country, where if you drive up to, to buy something, let's say at McDonald's or Wendy's or something like that, and their uh, cashier all of a sudden, the cashier, where they're trying to figure it up, they've had, let's say, a blackout. And so the electricity went off. And so now they have, a, you know, a cash register that's not telling them if you gave them ten dollars that, you know, it only cost so and so that they need to give you a dollar and eighty eight cent back. They cannot figure that up in their head. And I have literally been in a situation like this where the people said, here's the food. Just take it because our. Um, cash register is down and I'm like but this is how much it is no 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 just just take it and, and they would give you the food to get you to go on I mean it's like okay so so what I'm trying to say is our society through all of this that the serpents have you know brought to pass and made happen has dumbed us down and so the more dumbing we are, in other words, we pay attention to stupid things on TV, we watch crazy little movies, and we watch this and this, and we spend our time focusing on that. They give us the technology for the phones. They give us the technology at our fingers for everything we want. And what do we use it for? Facebook, keeping up with who's doing what. And then you see people go on TV, like there's a guy on Fox, and he does this thing called, I think it was Water's World. And he goes out and he asks people, you know, just common questions. Like, this is a picture. And it, let's just say it's a picture of the vice president. And he walks up to these women who in the United States clearly have been here all their lives. And he goes, can you tell me what picture this is? And they're like, oh, is that somebody that plays on Days of Our Lives? I mean, <laughs> they don't even yeah. recognize our own vice president. So it's, it's a dumbing down 
of making us focus more on the wrong things instead of saying you've got the world i mean i think about when i started doing the research that i that i did a long time ago it required going into you know libraries and waiting and having to order stuff and and you know there was no such thing as a world wide web now you know i can go and say google find this for me or i can say alexa find this or whatever and what happens is it's instantaneous but people are not using that and then the worst thing is is that what scripture told us is that we were going to come to a time when we cannot tell the truth and the lie and that's what i'm dealing with now it's when i try to do a lot of research you know and i go and i run off, let's just say i ran off this yesterday and i got it and i'm like okay you know, where, who sent it to me? Why did they send it to me? Is there some, you know, source down here that tells me where it was published at? And, and is it incredible? It's a good because point. It, I want to point out what you're just saying there, just to go on what you're saying. There's a film that just came out called um, Don't Look Up on Netflix. I mean, no Netflix was is a site, is a mind control psyop anyway, if you look into the co-founder and who is, his uncles were Sigmund Freud and Edward Bernays. So we know that it's a, it's a mind control technique. But this film has been lauded by everybody, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, who was part of the World Economics Forum's Young Global Leaders. And this is pushing not only climate change underneath and the COVID, but what it, the real message is, prime ministers, the media, and us, the people, are too stupid to listen to scientists. That's what the film is actually pushing. And it's yeah. quite clear. But my point is that without the context of what you've just explained, you won't get that. You'll get a completely different understanding with it. And I've seen people that should understand that, that this is actually pushing the fact that trust the science. And then we come back to the to the um, the uh, the greater good kind of cult that you've been you've been explaining here the jesuits the vatican the greater good so do these people actually believe that they're doing the right thing to save the planet through theosophy in their crazy crazy mind they believe that they're doing the right thing by killing a large portion of us human beings off even though many of them will not even be of this bloodline this is the cult is it not and do they believe they are actually doing the greater good here through to save the planet you know, the thing about it is, I, I think they always have known that they're the serpents. I mean, I don't, I think that they typically know who their father is, that they are a, uh, a lineage from, from the serpent. I don't think that they have any desire to do anything to help you and I. I think it's all about what can I do to make more money, to have more freedom, to enjoy the lust of the world. And you typically see these people are very sexually involved. I mean, you know, look at Epstein. You look at um, Prince Andrew. I mean, you just look at the people who are at the top of the echelon of society that typically are the ones running the world. They have hungers that are so different than what you and I can even imagine. Some of the things that I have been privy to that those serpent lineages get into the drinking of blood, the adrenochrome, the, the taking of children and torturing them and taking their very hormones to utilize. It is absolutely, I have had, you know, um, unfortunately, a lot of emails from people who have been very much involved in things, even in like uh, MK Ultra 
where, you know, they've been experimented on, they've been used in these processes to, to find out what makes humans what they are and how can you torture them to the point of depleting their ability to even think straight. I mean, it, it is, it is mind boggling. And, and the work that I do, I've been fortunate that people are willing to share those things with me. But at the same time, many times, Richard, when I have sat down to read those emails and knowing that these people really are not looking to be, you know, put on CNN or big time news media, they are looking for answers to help them grasp how are we living in a culture that people don't realize that these things are going on right under people's noses. And, and it is. Uh, and that's what concerns me is the number of people that I've had those emails from and, and the type of torture, the types of things they have been a part of, the things that they have seen that they're willing to to talk about and not and not not asking, would you bring my name up in a radio show? Would you put my name in a book? Their intent is that, you know, Dr. Joy, we've heard you talk about these things. You've researched these things. We want you to know. This is what happened to me. This is what I saw. This was who, who was involved. They really want somebody at the forefront uh, to stand up for, for the sake of humanity and say, we are in a war against these terrors that, that the scripture has told us that there's going to come a time that this, the parable of the wheat and tares, we have been coming right through history together and they have been totally destroying humanity. I mean, they're the ones that you can go back and trace back into the Mayans and the Incas, where they would take people up and literally rip their hearts out and torture and drink their blood at that point in time. I mean, it, you really have to get your mind wrapped around that there are beings here with us that look just like you and I that are like us, but they're not of us. And scripture has tried so desperately to tell us that. And unfortunately in the Christian world, we haven't been as smart as God told us to be. He told us to be as wise as serpents. If you don't know your enemy, you do not realize how bad all of this is. And then, like I say, because I've been able to do this research and have these case studies and know these people and know they're not telling a story, then you start really seeing that, yes, there is something here with us that looks like us. It is not of us. But most Christians, when you go into, like, let's, let's say, just talk to them in a church situation, they would be so like, well, where, where is that coming from? Is that a conspiracy theory? They, they, they've lived their lives so protected from the enemy, which, which is a grand thing because that's what the enemy has always wanted to do is to make you believe they don't exist. I mean, that's the greatest thing that Satan's been able to do, especially in the Christian religion, is to make you think he's not real. So therefore, you don't really feel like you're being attacked or that there's demonic beings and those kinds of things that are out there that are constantly, especially in other countries, especially your third world countries, let's say Jamaica and places of that, Africa, you know, they're quite uh, always talking about the numbers of demonic entities that they see and that come out of people and they're, they're they're visible in our country if you start saying things they'll say oh well that's probably shadow people or it could be just that i thought i saw something but i didn't see it we we have been led to believe that if we talk about those kinds of things then we're going to put you in a straight jacket and take you off to the funny farm which is a great thought process that really originated with psychiatry to make anybody who was coming forth about these kinds of things look like an idiot and so when people even like myself when i first started 
trying to bring these things to the table and, and with the true science behind it, you know, they were first thing is like conspiracy theory, just write them off. You know, they're just a, a wacko person doesn't know what they were talking about. And, and as time has gone on, my intent the entire time has been to bring science in with religion and show that all this is connected to itself. And that's what my, my research does. It really does not leave you hanging out there. You know, this is what the Bible says and, and, and no explanation. What I've tried to do is try to show you that science is catching up with what the scriptures told us is going to happen. And it has been happening 100% right along, right up to the point that we are now. And it's going to be 100% as to what's going to happen in the next number of years. You know, and the science is coming right along to prove it. And so, you know, when you stop and think about, um, you know, the UFO phenomena, everybody's like, oh, you know, that's just conspiracy. When I first started talking about these kinds of things, they were like, oh, Joy, you don't believe that, do you? I'm like, yes, these things are real. I've seen them with my own eyes. I mean, I've got case studies that are documented that are in the MUFON files of things that I was able to see with my own eyes. You know, I've never used drugs. I have I have pretty good vision up until I got old and now I have the glasses to see close up, but I can still see really good at a distance. I mean, I have great vision at a distance. So the fact is, when I when I first had my encounters, the first one that I ever had was when I was eight years old that I saw the first UFO. And then throughout my lifetime, I've had the opportunity to see some very up close and kind of personal, really. And so what I'm saying is, now that we've got the, you know, the Air Force, we've got the military people involved, we got, you know, Air Forces from every other country out there that's saying there's something flying around in our skies, we have it on radar, we have it on film, we cannot identify what it is. Okay, well, if it is nothing, then why all of a sudden do we, now that we have more technology to be able to film it, are we starting to see? That when we do infrared and we do different types of, you know, visual concepts that the, the naked eye can't really see, that we're picking up all this stuff that's, that's in these other, what you call, wavelengths of the eye that we can't see. That's really there, no different than we can't see anything unless we have a microscope to look at bacteria and viruses or the telescopes to be able to look at uh, the galaxies that are out there. We can't see that with our naked eye when we walk out. It doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that our limited eyesight is only this, you know, this limited and it's much greater. So when, you know, uh, people started talking about, well, what, what are these beings? What are these things? I mean, and the more the, that I researched it and, I, and I found out that they were frog-like looking things and that people were seeing this stuff and the technology was, you know, beyond words. I can honestly say the things that I saw, no human being was in that. There is no way they could have withstood the G-force of what I saw that technology do and the way that it actually it came out of one into another one. There's no, there's no way through a beam of light that could have ever happened, but literally saw that with my own eyes. Okay, when I started really saying, okay, what, what could be a part of this? And we've heard people say, well, in the disclosure of the United States, you know, they wanted to do more disclosure, but they don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize national security. And they've always got these excuses that, oh my gosh, if we find alien uh, a presence, then it's going to mess up the religions of the world. I mean, we just go on through everything that they could even possibly think about to keep you from really knowing the truth until the time for you to know the truth. But what scripture has told us is that at the end of days, these things are going to come out of an abyss. And I find it quite interesting that majority of your UFOs that are now being filmed come out of the ocean. They're usually coming 
swimming around the volcano. So in my opinion, when you talk to people about their experiences, if they dealt with an entity, they literally will typically say that they had a smell of sulfur. And if that's the case, if there's a sulfuric portion of this, you know that evil is all about hell, hell below us. And that everything inside the earth, you know, we know is hellfire and brimstone. And so apparently have a capability of doing that and flying around in our, in our atmosphere. And people say, oh, well, maybe it's the Russians or maybe it's China or maybe, well, let me just say this. If the United States owned that technology, we would rule the world because we've had people who run our country who would want to rule the world. The same way with the Chinese or the North Koreans or the Russians. You know, if Putin had that capability to run the world, to go over to the Holy Land and take over Israel and make it his, he would do that. So it tells us that those big countries that typically have the big uh, capabilities of having that kind of technology, it's not our technology. And so, you know, when you start looking at the science behind it and get away from little green men from Mars and start going back and saying, when do we first start noting these things? These things have been with us since day one. You can go back in scripture and look at the book of Daniel. You can look at the book of Ezekiel. You're going to find that these beings have been here. The fallen angels, the watchers versus the holy ones that Daniel talks about. It says they're watching us, you know, and that's the thing that anybody who has an alien abduction or alien experience it's always a bad experience of something being done to them. And then in, in Book of Revelation, it talks about the false prophet and the Antichrist and the dragon. And what's inside of them is these frog-like things come out of their mouths. And that's the description of what you see when you talk about serpents and aliens and things of that nature. It's just that they want us to believe that there's something other than God, the powers that be. Because the powers that be worship Satan, who always wanted to be God. So they want to make Satan the God of this world and keep him the God of this world. And so that's why they're all working toward making that happen. Just recently, you know, we had the, um, the, uh, the Jack, I think it was the, is it called the Jack Webb telescope? Yeah, James Webb telescope that was just sent out in December. And what did NASA do at the same time? They went out and they hired a priest that they had already trained, I think back in this particular uh, document, back in 2016 at Princeton University, that they had already started working on trying to find people who would go along with their dictate that once we release this particular telescope that they think will be able to see all the way back to the Big Bang, that they're going to be able to show that there's micro you know, microbial life on other planets. And when that happens, they want to be able to show the world through priest that there's a way for us to say, well, did, did Jesus die for the aliens of the world? You know, are we not the only thing that God created? That means we may have to go back and rewrite the creation of Genesis. I mean, these are kinds of things that they're teaching these priests to get prepared for. Well, when I see NASA, who got their main scientists from Project Paperclip, they came out of the Nazi uh, regime and Hitler. Okay, you know, you, like I say, 
you've got to go back into Eden. And that's why my books went back to Eden and brought you forward through secret societies, let you understand what Hitler was all about, how they're all connected to evil, how the Vatican was connected to evil, how the scientists who were doing all these experiments upon humanity, getting us ready. No doubt in my mind, probably we're already working with the Spanish flu and that's what World War I and World War II, where we lost a lot of the young people in World War I through Spanish flu, that they were already manipulating that flu at that particular time. And so when you look at their scientists, that they never had to go through any kind of um, uh, uh, trials for what they did to humanity. Instead, they took their best scientists and halved them up, gave half to our NASA program here in the United States and gave the other half to who else but the Russians in the cosmonaut program. And so when you look at this and you see that there has been this evil to the common people, you just can't say conspiracy because it's history. It is literally history that is, is coming forward with the technologies and stuff to make sure that when the end gets here, according to what scripture says, when the abyss is open, when these things start coming out, when the fallen angels are revealed, they don't want you to know they're a fallen angel. They don't want you to know that the Antichrist is Satan, you know, in the flesh. They don't want you to have any concept of that. They want you to think we're the ones that helped us and made us who we are, you know, and that we've learned everything from, you know, the work of uh, uh, Zechariah Sitchin, you know, the Earth Chronicles and all the stuff back with the Anunnaki and, the, you know, all the stuff that happened back in those days that are written on the uh, Sumerian cuneiform uh, uh, codex text and that kind of stuff. If you look at that, they want to make it look like that these fallen angels are aliens and that they are much more advanced than what we are. And so I just find it, I found it very interesting that this is another piece of the puzzle is that, that NASA is now getting ready to bring the priests in to be able to do that. You've got the Vatican who uh, a couple of years ago had already said that if we find that there's alien life, that we're going to baptize them. I mean, you know, they were already getting that already out into the public and, and getting people's uh perspectives on it so that it's not like a shock when all of a sudden these things manifest themselves because we're getting to the point in the time period of everything that's going bad is that this plague that we typically cannot get rid of i mean when you talk about fauci and the fact of the jesuit connection and the fact of the patents and the fact that they've taken these viruses and i think there's 134 i was looking at that had been patented why do you need 134 coronaviruses patented? And the worst thing is a coronavirus is the common cold. We've never in the history of humanity ever been able to stop the common cold. And when they try to do certain tests on trying to do that to stop common colds in animals and things, everything that they tried to give them vaccinations to stop it, all the animals died. Every one of them, every one of them, their immune systems turned on them and killed them. So it's it's, it's like we're dealing with people who want to depopulate the earth. And of course, I live in the state of Georgia in the United States. And at the north end of our state, there is a place called Elberton, Georgia, where they have the Georgia Guidestones. Those Guidestones go right along with all of the priority of Zion and all the stuff about depopulation. It's written in every known language, including Sanskrit, to bring the population of the world down. 
to absolutely nothing. And I was at a, a function one time and I was thinking that all the people that I was seeing, that it, it would mean to get the population of the world down to what those Godstones said would mean that every person, every person, if there was 14 people, one out of 14 would live. Mm -hmm. One. And it would mean every person you saw that one out of 14, one out of 40. Can you imagine throughout the world how many people will have to die to bring that to what they as sustainability people who are promoting these things like uh, what Prince um, Charles was at, you know, mentioning. And, you know, if 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 anybody saw that, I'll just make a comment that when he was at that climate uh, change conference, he made a comment that everybody's been talking about, and I'm sure you've heard about it, Richard, where he said that there will be trillions at his disposal, and he, there had not been a, anything said as to who Charles was uh, talking about, because he, his words were, we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal. And everybody's like, who was Charles referring to, at, you know, trillions at his disposal? And, of course, when you look at what are the things that are really happening around the world to make us get into the point of these so-called world leaders and these people who believe in theosophy to get us down to those numbers that I'm talking about? Well, what, what he went on to say, that this would be far beyond the global um, domestic product, beyond governments of the world leaders, it offers the only real perspective of achieving economic fundamental transition. And he was saying that they had to be committed to it because there were a lot of countries that could not make this happen. And we have to have military uh, push to make it happen. So it was like they were seeing that we're gonna have to make these changes according to what they believe to get us to the population that can sustain Earth and get rid of the whole problem. Well, if that's the case, he's already used the word his. And in my opinion, when you go back and you look at, at Prince William and his new Earthshot prizes and giving millions of dollars to people to come up with, how do we save the word, save planet Earth? I mean, he's using the terms that a savior will use. I want to save the planet. I want to use the resources, the people who are willing to give me the money financially through my foundation and other people's foundations to make that happen. Well, now that his first Earthshot prizes were done in October, we're looking like next year, even bigger, more people, like 300 more big companies have come on board accountability to oversee trillions of dollars to make something happen you can see how it's lining up for someone like him to do that and when you think about it scripture told us at the end of days that this antichrist would come on a white horse that he literally would have a bow with no arrows not that he wouldn't have the military might but that he would use something else to be able to control the world. And so when we look at the vaccination situation, the, the plagues as they are, the fact that they're putting in passports for vaccinations now, which will eventually be put in a chip and put into you so that you can cross back and forth. And when it gets to the point that they want you not to be able to buy, sell, or trade without it, 
then the next step will be the mark of the beast in which you have to choose. Do you want this or do you not want this? So all your cryptocurrencies are now being put in place with the central banks from around the world to be able to put something on a chip status so that when you either have a mark on your forehand or on your forehead that can be scanned, only then will you be allowed to buy, sell, or trade. So we are almost to that point. And if we're almost to the point of having that mark and having those vaccination passports, most all the countries now are getting to the vaccination passports. And I found it very, very interesting that the very people who had started doing business with Israel and when President Trump encouraged them to move things, you know, from the embassies into Jerusalem and acknowledge Jerusalem as the as as a, you know Israel as a state, Jerusalem as the head of it, that we had um, uh, the immigrants, United Arab immigrants over there, were one of the big ones who jumped on board. Well, now they're already between them and Israel, they're using the passports between each other. So we're already seeing how all of that is coming together so that people can move throughout this planet using these passports. If you don't have it, you don't move. It will get to the point if you don't have it, you're not going to get your money. You can't get your paychecks from your government. You can't get whatever for your child and welfare stuff. They'll, they'll get to the point that either you take and get the vaccine or get the booster or whatever to get your passport. That is the only way that you're going to be able to be able to move in society. If not, you're going to be locked out of society. That is just getting, it's calling out the, the true people who don't want to be a part of it. And then the people who are going along with it will eventually get to the point that they have either got to make the, the, the mark choice not to take the mark of the beast or be stupid and think, well, I've been going along with them so far. And that's what they want you to do. They want you to get into a process of following what they want to dictate to you. And if you get to the point that you just go along and say, it's okay, it's okay, I, I'll, I'll continue to do this because I want to continue to go to the show and I want to continue to see my, my family and I want to continue to be able to buy, sell, or trade, then they're going to say, well, then if you're going to do that, then you've got to take the mark of the beast. So that means the Antichrist has to be in place because in scripture, it tells us that that man is in place and you have to take his mark. So when you stop and think about that, the prophecies of St. Malachi ended with Pope Francis. He is definitely Peter the Roman who will have to give the keys back to the original owner, who is Jesus Christ, because he's the vicar of Christ. If Christ is alive on the earth, proclaiming himself to be God, then he's no longer the vicar of Christ. He's got to give the keys back to the rightful owner. And that's kind of how the prophecy of Malachi ends. So when you see that, you see the fact that the Abraham Accords are getting are restarting up. There's a new caucus here in the United States between the Senate and our uh, our representatives who are now working as as of January uh, 2022 together to start working with the Abraham Accords to bring in more people into the peace initiative that was started. You see that uh, Pope Francis is doing that over there with his uh, building of the Chrislam uh area for the Abraham, a house of Abraham to bring the Muslims and the people together under that context. And then you see Prince William, who's utilizing all these people for the ecological advancement of our, uh, our of, of really planet Earth, 
for sustainability. And when you could, you know, when you coordinate all that together, you can see how this is lining up for somebody to rule the world for the first time in human history. And so if you have been taking vaccination after vaccination and as you're looking at the booster shots, we know that that CRISPR technology that was really designed to really be something medically good to remove bad genes in people. Well, when you take and you cut the DNA and you take messenger ribonucleic acid, which is mRNA, and you put something that mRNA and it goes into the DNA, then it starts replicating itself different in the strands. And so now, like the novel virus in the wild, you are like in nature, nothing has changed your DNA since the day you were born. When you put something in your body that starts doing something different with your DNA, you now are becoming a transhuman, meaning that you are patentable by the people who designed the mRNA that is now replicating in your body. And if it has the graphene oxide in it, which many scientists and doctors are saying have seen it, along with the hydra that is a type of uh, biological entity that is immortal. In other words, it just breaks off and it can reform itself. It's like an earthworm. Uh, and you start replicating that within your body, you're no longer human. And so you're patentable. Well, if that graphene oxide is in your body and there is a company called InBrain, InBrain Technology, that has been using this kind of thing to be able to help people by usually utilizing this graphene oxide so they can connect to it and do things from computer links. Well, interesting enough, what do we see and people involved in that? We have Elon Musk. Elon Musk, you know, he's got the neuro, the neuro link to this within brain. He also has Starlink satellites that have the capability, huge numbers of them in low earth orbit that if we have graphene oxide in our bodies and it forms its own circuit, I mean, in other words, you don't have to have the circuit put into you. You just have the pieces and then they start coming together because of the magnetic, electromagnetic, low electromagnetic capability. Then you can build a structure within a person that I think literally is going into the pineal gland, making the pineal gland, which is already an antenna within your forehead that God created is a transmitter and receiver because it's like a quartz thing that's there. If you add the graphene oxide, you make more of an antenna. It's like when I was a little girl and we had small TVs with one antenna outside that we might pick up one station. But then when we got advanced with technology, we had bigger antennas, then you could pick up all kinds of things everywhere as far as, as uh, you know, uh, stations and then when we got to the point of fiber optics and we can connect our tvs to that look at where we can do now so if you stop and think we've got people that are evil things were done for good for mankind that they are taking and they're utilizing to absolutely connect us to artificial intelligence and one of the key things when we went to 5g technology Oh my gosh, we were connecting everything in our homes, you know, our refrigerators and everything. It was everything with a punch of a button. We could do whatever in our homes. Well, what the powers that be want it to be that they're going to now connect you to their systems so that they can punch in you in and out when you need to do this and you need to do that. 
And at the same time, if they put everything in cryptocurrency, you cannot buy, sell, or trade. You can't be doing drugs. You can't be, you know, you can't be buying things on the side because money means nothing. Everything has to be in that process of no currency for you to be able to, to survive. And so they know that. They know that, you know, if they give you this much money in your bank account, you've got that much money. This is how many taxes you owe. There's no playing games with anything. So they're locking us down to the point back to the Tower of Babel, which they connect everybody back with your antenna to them. And then they dictate you just like a robot. If you take that mark of the beast at the very end, you're seared forever. You are no longer human. You're no longer a child of God. You have literally given up paradise for that mark that they're going to make you think will let you live forever. So what happens just before we, we wrap up this? I mean, this has been tour de force of towards the end of transitioning, basically, to, to what we do, you would call the end times. And we can see this clearly playing out. And I agree with everything that you've said along the line and you, you've mapped it out wonderfully. What happens to the people that don't take the mark, the ones that won't get? I mean, I've not had a, had an experimental jab and I never will. So what happens to those who choose to not take them, regardless if they're Christian or they're not Christian or whatever? What happens to the ones that say, I'm not having that. That's not going anywhere near me. Where do, where do we go? Have we got a 10? <laughs> well, you know, the thing about it, it says in scripture that there's no place to hide. It literally tells us there's no place to hide from this. They were coming to the time where you either take it or you die. You will either take it or you will die. You will die either from starvation, from the need of money, from the need of uh, uh, health, you know, care, from the need of prescriptions, from the need of food, from the need of water. You will not be able to access any of that. I was talking, I did a show last night from New Zealand. In New Zealand, they won't even let them catch the water on their roofs anymore for their own water. It's horrific, I mean, this isn't is it? Rainwater yeah. that they will not allow you to collect for you to drink. So I'm I'm saying. There's not a this is not a good situation because I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not going to take the mark of the beast. And so it, it literally is going to mean that you're either going to starve. You're going to starve either through not having food or not having water or you're not going to be able to get medical care uh, or medicines. And you will not be getting your, you know, your money. You, you will not be able to, you know, no, nobody's going to hire you to work for them. Uh, you know, there. I'm sure people will try to be vigilantes and try to use guns to go in and take stuff. I think there'll be worldwide violence and crime out of all of this. But I think at the same time, it leads more and more to, you know, martial law and more of the crackdown and surveillance and more of the control and, and to the point that you, there is no place to run or hide. And of course, now scripture tells us if you are a believing Christian, that there is a day coming called a catching away. That is really written in scripture about when the bridegroom comes to the bride and takes us out before the great wrath of the tribulation. And that is the, the days that will lead right up to the battle of Armageddon over there uh, in the Middle East there with by Israel. If, if you if you're a Christian and you choose to follow Jesus Christ, then he is the bridegroom when he left this planet. And of course, you know, I, I'd love to come back and do a show of nothing but the Strata Turin to help people understand that Jesus Christ really was here that shroud really does prove it the vatican knows it's real 
And I fully believe they've cloned the blood from that because the, the uh, Strupp committee did clone that and had that back in the early late 1960s and early 70s. So that has been done as far as cloning of stuff off that shroud. So what I'm saying is I truly believe that that cloth proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus resurrected what he told us in scripture that he was going to prepare a place for us. He would come again for us that the catching away will occur. And that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that you will go out of here before that time period that's called the great wrath of the tribulation. And that's when things get so bad that you just can't even imagine. Everybody's got boils on their skin. It, it, it's become to the point that wormwood has hit us. Uh, a third of everything has died. I mean, everything will be so intensely terrible that you want out. So if there is a way out, there is a boat out of this before it gets to that point. You definitely want to think about being on it and to really get down and read your scriptures and get to know whether or not you want to make that choice in your life to follow Jesus Christ. And if you do, then there is an option out of this. If you choose not to, and you are left behind, then let, let me just say, it's going to be death. It's going to, it's going to be death. If you do survive to the very end of the battle of Armageddon, which will be absolutely horrendous with all the war of the people that are going to be doing that and what happens according to scripture. If you make it through that, then there is uh, Jesus coming back, but there is a time period that even though you may have been, let's say a good person, but you were not a Christian, you know, you did things which you thought were right and you did things good. There's a time when you're going to have to answer to the creator. And that's why when I started doing my research, I wanted to show that when God created us in the garden, how we are his children and how his, his desire was to sin you know, his, his, his son, Jesus really to die on the cross and why he had to come through the bloodlines. That's why you've got your biblical scripture that says who begat, who begat, who begat, so that you understand that perfect bloodline coming right down to Jesus Christ, that he could be a lamb of slaughter that was pure because our, our stuff was so tainted and what happened with the, with the serpent and Eve and Adam to start off with that we have to have a savior to cover us to cover our sins because we are born into a sinful world. I don't care how much we try to do right. We have wrong thoughts. We may pick up somebody's penny. We may take somebody's pen. I mean, in God's eyes, every sin is equal. Whether you kill somebody or whether whatever, that is a sin. A sin is a sin is a sin. And so for our forgiveness, we have to have a savior for that. And when he comes back, according to scripture, we have to stand before our, before our creator. Nobody's going to die. Even it says in scripture that if you are a bad person or you've not chosen him, you're going to be resurrected into a resurrected body. Everybody gets into a resurrected body. You go before a great white throne of him doing nothing but judging you for your lifetime. There are different levels to hell as there are different levels to heaven. If you've been, let's say, a good person, but you didn't choose him and you didn't do this, you have no blood of Jesus to stand before you before the great white throne of judgment. And that's what you need to always think about is that choosing Jesus gives you the, the lawyer to cover you in front of the creator. 
And if you don't have that covering of the washing away of your sins, then that's what sets you up at the end of days to not get the chance to go into heaven because you've not chosen the very thing that covers your sin. We can't do anything in this world to cover our sin. We can't make it right. We can't do it. I mean, we can't buy it. You know, it's like Nicodemus, he tried to to figure out and buy stuff. And they were like, no, you have to be born again. You have to be reborn. You have to choose Jesus to do that. And if you don't have that, then in in the very end, it's not that it's lights out. It's that you have to go into darkness, which is the hell, fire and brimstone of whatever level you're at for eternity, because you chose not to have the light of God. And the people who choose to follow Jesus, which is a very difficult path, it's not an easy path to be a Christian. You do have to give up a lot of things that a lot of people take for granted and say that's just okay to do because you're human and no big deal. What you're not really understanding, it is a big deal that everything we have was given to us by our creator. I mean, we can't even take our next breath without him allowing that to happen. So that's where you know, we're coming to a time period now that you don't want to be a member or fall victim to Satan's evilness because, you know, hell was created for Satan and his angels. And then it was expanded for all the people who follow after them. And so you don't want to follow after evil. You definitely want to stop and say, this has not been something that, you know, two atoms banged together and caused all this. I mean, I know that NASA and them want us to believe that, but it's like I've always said, where did the two atoms come from? Where did they come from? Everything that we look at is by design. That's what I'm saying. If you look at what scripture has told us, that when God spoke, these things came into existence. We know from just using an MRI with with magnets banging together that we can form images through sound. You know, the Hebrew letters, if you, if you say the letter, the sound, it will form the letter in sand. It would literally form it. So it, it's like we have to know just by looking around us that all this just didn't happen. It was not something that just, hey, blew up and two rocks it together and formed all this. I mean, there's literally no way. And when you look at the human genome, when you look at our very DNA and the fact that it is singing, it's a, it's a, it, we all are singing our different songs. We're all connected to the creator that way, who's a huge conductor that oversees it all. You know, it, it's just that you cannot deny when, if you do the research and you spend the time doing the research, you cannot deny that all of this is by design. And that's what a lot of physicists are having to come out now and say is that they no longer believe in, believe in that Big Bang Theory because there's too much design. And the only way you can get design is through intelligence. And if you look at what we've been able to do as, as humanity, imagine who created us, what they're capable of doing. And so I think that, you know, God gave us his manual. He gave us his, his Bible. People need to read it because we are in those days Those last seven years, when all of this is going to just fall right together, we can see it with the plagues, the pestilences, the hurricanes, the bad weather, the the animals dying. Uh, You can see the number of asteroids that are getting closer to us. I mean, just think about how many just in the last maybe two or three months that have come very close to, to, to Earth. And people say, oh, well, it's still a long way away. 
But what I'm saying is at the end of days, when it's supposed to be like a woman in travail, where everything starts getting closer together and gets worse and worse and worse until the baby's born, until God comes back. If you look at it, all the asteroids used to be away from us. And as time's gone on, they would be on the other side of the moon. Now these asteroids are coming between us and the moon. They're getting closer and closer and closer until the one that's called Wormwood is going to hit us. It will literally hit us. And the Vatican has its Luciferian Lucifer telescope out in Arizona pointed at the sun because they know that when this thing comes, it's probably going to come from behind the sun because it's going to be right on us. Many times NASA has missed these these close asteroids until they've gone by us. And then they realize how close they were to us. So I think that's the thing that we've got to start getting in our heads is that scripture is being fulfilled just like it says it's going to be fulfilled. If you look at all the prophecies that were given to us since the days of Eden till now, they've come true 100%. There's no way to, you can bet on anything that you ever bet on in your entire life and it'd be 100%. Scripture is 100% percent correct so therefore it tells me if it's been a hundred percent correct for the last six thousand years it's probably going to be a hundred percent for the next seven years and so to be on your top of your ball game be intelligent know your enemy know what satan's after he's after your soul and that's what i think people have not been taught and you know in the research that i've done i can honestly tell you i stepped out of my body i don't know whether i was dying on the bed but i can honestly say that when I stepped out of my body, I was able to see my body laying there. I was still me. I could still look at me. And my consciousness was within me, within my spirit body. I was not dead. And all the work that I've done with people who have near-death experiences, they had exactly the same understanding. Their mind, their consciousness, who they were and what they looked like was identical to the shell that we actually live in called our human body. So you do not die. You do not die. And I think that's the, the, the thing that we don't sometimes really get. We think that when people die, they're out there in, in the graveyard. That is a body that at the end of days will be resurrected. Everybody's out there will be. But you're not in that grave. At the moment you quit breathing and your heart quits beating, you step out of your body and your conscience is with you. In fact, I'm working on some work right now in regard to that is that I found some documents that were CIA documents that, that literally were already discussing all of this back in the 1960s where the consciousness is not connected to your brain. And I've always said that because of the research that I've done and what happened to me my consciousness and who I am was with me. It was not in that body, on that bed, in that brain. So I'm telling you that you do not die. So you have a choice. When you step out of that body, where do you want to go? Do you want to go with the creator? Or do you want to go with Satan, who's been the bad guy that's caused us to have all the sickness, pain, sorrow, all the terrible things that have happened to us since the day we were born? Do you want to go to be with him? Or you want to go be with God because there's only two choices. And if you're God, I understand why he does it. You know, if you want to be with me, fine. If you don't, anybody would feel that way. Regardless, I've, I'll give you the best. I'll protect you. I'll give you paradise. You'll never cry again. You'll have everything that you would ever, 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 ever need forever and ever and ever. 
And if I was God, I'd be the same way. Do you want this or do you not want it? If you don't want it, I'll let you go be with Satan because he didn't want it either. He and the other, the fallen angels that I actually created hell for. I mean, and people say, oh, well, God will be sad. And I'm like, when you are an intelligent being and you give people their own choices, then there's nobody to blame but you for your choice. That's why when you stand before the creator, you don't have nobody standing there going, oh, yeah, but Johnny and, and Sue did this and they got me to do it. And God don't want to hear that. You've got your own mind. You've got your own body. You've got your own soul. You need to make choices based on what you know and the knowledge. That's why I'm saying we need to know our enemy. If we learn who our enemy is, we will quickly not want to be with that being for all eternity because it is, it is never ending. You know, once the sperm hits the egg, energy is created. We have that on camera now, MIT and them. I mean, we, we've got the science behind it. That energy explodes and it's made. That's when you came into being. So that people who talk about, you know, getting rid of uh, a fetus before is so many whatever and abortion, forget it. The moment the sperm hit the egg, the energy was there. It was created. You were, you came into being. That energy, according to the law of thermodynamics, you can never destroy it. So when it comes out of you at death or at the catching away or whenever, whatever, it stays true to who you are. It is you. And, you know, looking back at the strategy, like I say, I hope I get to come back to do that. Uh, when that explosion in that cloth happened, that is something and like, like an explosion. I've studied this. It was an explosion that allowed him to raise himself from the dead and when we get our bodies back like that there will be kind of an explosion that brings that back together and we come back into our bodies and we don't ever die we will be just like jesus was but the problem is do you want to spend eternity in in with the creator or you want to spend an eternity where he's got you know satan and his fallen angels and, and that's it comes down to it is that your soul, that energy, that thing that you know who you are, it, it, is, it is you. Nobody can ever be anybody but themselves. That's why when you get to those places, whether you be in heaven or hell, everybody's going to know everybody because you know who you are and you knew who so-and-so was. It's not like it's just lights out and there's nothing else. I mean, I literally in my books try to show you the science so that you get to make the the wise choice make the wise choice based on the science a lot of people a long time ago had to believe in faith and faith is the thing that gets us through these times we're going through to get us to the end of days and to believing that we're going to see jesus christ that requires faith because you can't see it but if i can scientifically show you things then your understanding of it makes you greater at saying I need to make sure my life falls within these things so that the creator will allow me to be with him, knowing I love him and not, not loving him and have me put with something that did not love him. So, and that's, can, so 
I mean, so where can people find your work and your books? And I will get you, we'll get you back on. We'll talk about the Shroud of Turin and also its connections to the bloodlines, Merovision bloodlines and Prince William, because we touched on that last time. But I really wanted that's a whole show in itself. So before we go, where can people find your books and your work and get in contact with you? Yes, go to my website. It's www.drjoy and it's D-R-J-O-Y-E, joy with an E.com. And all of my books are there. And all you have to do is click on the links and they will take you to uh, my publisher that has everything that you would ever need from my website. And then also there's a submission form there. If you've got questions for me, I do a AMA show, Ask Me Anything show on the last Monday night of every month from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. And if you will friend me on my Facebook, which is Joy, J-O-Y-E, P-U-G-H, then I, I'll let you know when I'm going to be, when the shows will be, and the connection and the links that you can go to that. But if you have a question for me, all you have to do is fill out that submission form and send it in to me, and I'll be glad to answer that question on one of my shows so that's the easiest way to connect to me is through facebook j-o-y-e-p-u-g-h or either my website www.drjoydrjoye.com and everything's at my website as far as my books my music uh, and the submission forms and that kind of thing Perfect. Well, I'll put, all the, I'll put all the links below, guys. So please do get in contact. We will do another one. And pre- obviously, go and watch it back. I'll put a link to it, our previous interview, where we talked about a lot of these other things. And it all comes together, as you say. And the bloodline stuff is what fascinates me. This is the stuff that fascinates me more. And also where it's heading I'm in the connected. Middle East, where it's all heading and Temple Mount and Solomon's Temple and, and how it's all going to come about. And we've got so much more to cover in there. So, guys, hope you enjoyed this. We'll speak to you soon. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you, Richard.